the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You and I have a rendezvous with destiny. We'll preserve for our children this, the last best hope of man on earth, or we'll sentence them to take the last step into a thousand years of darkness. Welcome to Always Right with Bob France on AM 1420, The Answer. Hour number two. On this Monday, the 24th morning of the first month of the year of our Lord, 2022. Thanks for being with us. Congressman Jim Jordan was with us earlier. Had a lot of great conversations with him about a host of very important issues, not the least of which is Americans being once again hung out to dry by Joe Biden. There's there's no ambiguity to that statement. There really isn't because there can't be. They've been hung out to dry by the president. They have been abandoned again. 40,000 Americans estimated to be in Ukraine have been told, you should get out. By the way, we're not coming to get you out. The State Department says that the U.S. government will not be in a position to evacuate U.S. citizens from Ukraine, so U.S. citizens currently present in Ukraine should plan accordingly. Plan accordingly means you're on your own. Good luck getting out on a commercial flight, but don't be there because things might start to get really dicey. I mean, protect and serve the people of this country. One would have thought that that would have been part of the oath of the office. I think it probably is. And it is being completely abdicated, completely ignored by uh, President Brandon. So we talked about that a bit. And I want to get back to the overall achievement gap between what was expected from Joe Biden by even his base and what he got, or he is delivering, rather. And I'm going to play again because I have to set up the second video or slash audio for you. I'm watching the video, but you're listening to it. Uh, I want to set this up, though. Um, This, again, is Scott Jennings, CNN political contributor on the left-wing network CNN, completely deconstructing the entire first year of the Brandon administration. Just, I mean, destroying it. Um, I want you to listen to this. I already gave you Chuck Todd, who who blasted the Biden administration as well. So you got today's show on NBC. You got Anderson Cooper's show here on CNN, blasting the Biden administration. And then that'll set up a little bit more the next piece that I want to share. Joe Biden does. Yeah, well, he he I, I never imagined how quickly this would all unfold. The person they sold on the campaign, the nice old, you know, moderate grandpa who just wanted to help everybody get along and compromise is not what we got over the last year. He has no mandate really to do much of anything. It's amazing that he got a couple of things done when the mandate was really uh, pretty clear. Fifty fifty Senate, a near fifty fifty House and a pretty close presidential election. The mandate was simply replace Donald Trump and don't do anything drastic or stupid. And everything about this agenda is extremely drastic and he's been angrier than I think people expected he's been more divisive he's been more partisan you look at the issues we built five years of coverage on Trump out of Russia COVID and democracy 
The president at his press conference invites Russia to invade the Ukraine. We got more deaths under Biden than Trump. And now we have the president and vice president and leading Democrats question the legitimacy of the 2022 election. Are we any better off on these three issues that we crucified Trump over? I think he has a lot of political problems. And an AP poll came out this morning. Only 28 percent of Americans want the sitting president to run for re-election and fewer than half of Democrats. This is a disaster. Are they able to do this? is a disaster. The summary there of Scott Jennings, political consultant on, C- on uh, CNN. That last number is, is astounding. How can you manage to turn off 72% of your base to the, in, to the point where they don't want you to run for re-election just one year into your first term? This isn't after three years of, you know, malaise and uh, three years of inflation and three years of crime and three years. This isn't talking about, you know, a year away from the reelection. You know, maybe it's been all it took Biden was 12 months. It took Joe Biden 12 months to convince Democrats, his base, to not want him back. 12 months. You heard what Scott Jennings said there at the end, 28 percent. Just 28% of Biden supporters want him to run for re-election again. 72% say, hit the road, Brandon. That's an astounding thing to do, be able to do in 12 months, to screw up how many things, all things, that he just ran down, and more, that badly. That's pretty amazing. So you've got CNN and the Today Show on NBC. And I'm, I keep saying Today Show. I apologize. It's Meet the Press on Sundays with Chuck Todd. Uh, acknowledging and admitting uh, a reset is needed. The Biden administration is falling apart. It's crumbling. It is failing at every turn. And yet there are still people like this. Representative Ruben Gallego on MSNBC said he's got the prescription. He knows how to turn things around. Instead of pushing a reset button and fixing all of the broken policies, broken promises, and disastrous decision-making that are hurting so many Americans, he says it's time to celebrate. The answer is a victory lap. we got to tell everybody in America how friggin' amazing we are. Just listen. We need to start taking a a victory lap. You know, we're about to break out of COVID. I think we're going to be finally free uh, of a lot of, you know, the, the threat of overhead, the threat of COVID. Our economy is going to pick up. You know, I think everyone's going to be going back to work and back to schools. Uh, and, you know, pretty soon our kids are going to be vaccine. It's time for us to take that victory lap uh, and, and actually, you know, go out there and message that. You know, the fact that the United States has one of the most largest, it is the, the biggest booming economy in the world, uh, is response, totally responsible because of the vice president and the Democrats. Right. And essentially, and certainly once we get out of the Omicron variant, there's going to also be a direct uh, correlation to inflation going down. And that's when we again, we go back with the victory lap. We've done great things. We have saved this economy. We've gotten shots in people's arms. We've gotten families uh, you know, going back to work and kids back in school. And the Democrats are responsible for that. And we should brag about that. Uh, Democrats are responsible for that. And we should brag about that. 72% of the country wants this administration gone. The overwhelming majority of the country, by the polls, say in November the legislative majority of the Democrats is going to be gone. And this guy wants to brag. 
This guy wants to brag and take a victory lap about all of the great things that they've done. I know that for a period of time in the Congress, they had mandatory COVID testing. I don't know if they still do or not, but I would highly recommend that they consider mandatory drug testing just to find out if guys like this are smoking crack before they get into their offices. Because I kind of believe he had to be on something. He had to be on something to make that statement in the middle of even the left wing of the party, excuse me, including the left wing media, blasting everything that the Democrats have failed at, particularly the administration, for him to come out here and say, it's time to have a party, man. Celebrate. Let's, let's get that messaging out there and celebrate and take that victory lap about all the great things we've done. Dude needs to be drug tested. They probably all should, to be frank. They probably all should. Um, that's probably not likely to happen, though. Okay, to the phones I go, as I promised, at 216-901-0945. We're going to go to Lindhurst and say good morning to Lindsay on uh, Always Right, AM 1420, The Answer. Good morning, Lindsay. Go ahead. Yes, good morning, uh, Mr. Friend. Um, I come also to your meeting, and, and I enjoy your meeting and everything else. I just would like to let you know. Well, I came from a different country, but I would like to let you know that everything is done intentionally, and if the Biden would be strong president, Obama would never put him to be a president. Everything goes by the Obama flowchart. Like, everything was preplanned with Nancy Pelosi for January 6th. The same thing preplanned with Obama for Biden. Biden has no mind to come up with all this idea he goes close to Obama. It's always meeting and information, so everything is done intentionally. Intentionally. If you look at this from the different angle, you will do everything different. Because it's not his mistake, his intentional mistake. So Lindsay, let me, let me ask you something before you go. Uh, first of all, um, what country are you from? I don't volunteer information. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Because uh, my call screen says you came from a socialist nation, so you kind of... This, I is, t- why, this is why I don't want socialism in this country. Right. That's uh, that's why I was getting getting at that, because I've talked to, on this program, a number of people from socialist and communist nations who have called me. Sometimes I've scheduled them for interviews. Sometimes they're just like you who call me. And they tell me what they've seen in the places they've been, and they see similarities, if not, I mean, our identical carbon copies of things happening here. And yet we are so, um, you know, we are so narcissistic, I think, as Americans, uh, because of our privilege being Americans, that we think, well, that can't happen here. That can only happen in other countries that aren't as advanced. That's right. And and that's our huge mistake, isn't it? Do you know? Yes, yes. We're taking this country for granted. We should not. We should not. Because you remember who came in this country said fundamentally transforming America? It's called work in progress. It's a work in progress. He would never put Biden as a president if he could not easily manipulate it. Nobody could manipulate Trump, right? He knows what he wants. And so, Biden, so, so your your contention, Lindsay, is that Barack? Because uh, everybody, I mean, I think everybody in America is wondering every time you see uh, Biden up there fumbling and stumbling over his teleprompter, not knowing what he's talking about. Everybody's wondering who's really running the White House, who really is pulling his puppet strings. And you believe yeah, it's Barack Obama? Mind. 
Absolutely. He came, he wants fundamentally transform America. You don't see the country changing every day? You're right. No, I, I agree with that. I I, 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 I'm, I would not disagree with that at all. I don't know that I could say and put, uh, I would, wouldn't put my house on that it is Barack Obama, because there may be people even above his station or maybe conspiring with him. And I, and I speak of the globalist, uh, uh, you know, people like George Soros, uh, like Bill oh, Gates, yeah, who is fundamentally Soros in the middle of all of this COVID thing. I mean, yeah. I think there's a cabal probably behind it. But if Barack Obama is, is the head of that or is one of them, I think you, I wouldn't dis- dispute that at all, Lindsay. Okay, it's a, it's a group of people, Barack Obama, Mark Zuckerberg, and uh, Twitter, and uh, fin- everything was financing by the George Soros, who lives in New York. He's financing all the riots, all the, you know, everything. Is, is, you know, if, if Nancy Pelosi was in charge of this, uh, police and everything, do you think it would happen? But she didn't want to do it. She played to blame on Trump. Right. He's very shrewd, very clever, and she gets the money probably. I didn't see the check, but it comes the money come from because Soros wants to destroy this country all the time. He was trying to destroy England. Now he's in America is next. It's everything goes up by with flow charge. What's next? What's next? What's next? They plan and pre plan. And it's not like, oh, my God, what happened? No, it's not happened. They planned for this many years ago mm-hmm. when, the, you know, Obama came to become a senator, a senator in Chicago. He already planned the flowchart. Everything is pre-planned. So we guys, you guys just have to wake up and act and talk to them, the enemy for this country and the enemy for people in this country. Lindsay, you are a very astute person, uh, very, very, very well read, and you understand this at a very deep level. And I'm so glad that you called, and I hope you call back again to continue to share some of your thoughts on this because I think you are spot on. Okay, we have to we have to treat them like they don't do it by accident; they do it by intention. There, there's no doubt it's intentional. Thank you, Lindsay. God bless you. There's no doubt it's intentional. None, not little doubt, no doubt. She's right. Barack Obama came in and said the quiet part out loud right when he was first uh, inaugurated, or as Rush used to say, immaculated. Um, His plan was to fundamentally transform America. And as I've said many times, you don't fundamentally transform things that you like. That's why you like them, because of the way that they are. You don't want to fundamentally transform something if you like it. Transform means change. You wouldn't ask a woman to marry you and then say, great, and when we're married, I'm going to fundamentally transform you into something that I like better. That's not how this works. But that's exactly what Barack Obama announced out loud. Fundamentally change this country into something he likes better. And we know what he likes better because we know his history. And we know the history of the people he works with. And that is socialism, if not outright full-on march to communism that would be the fundamental change of which he spoke and did you think he thought it was only going to be an eight-year uh project he was going to serve two terms and it would be it would happen no 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 groundwork was laid and donald trump interrupted it for four years hillary was supposed to continue it for eight after his but donald trump got in the way and now they're trying to restart the uh, the machine she's right it's entirely intentional Okay, two one six nine zero one zero nine four five. Stay there. I'm coming right back to you on the phones next. AM fourteen twenty. The answer.
helping you understand the commander-in-chief. Uh, in, uh, in Libya, we should be opening up the... the, the, the Always right with Bob France. I shouldn't be starting off and negotiating in public here, but let me say it this way. On AM 1420, The Answer. It seems to be in big trouble now. Let's hope it stays that way. But you're right, the Democrats, again... We, <laughs> What else are they going to do? I mean, they, they got nothing else to talk about, so they're going to make up this issue that somehow in Georgia, when you require people to show an ID to vote, that somehow that, that's disenfranchising people. It makes no sense. American people get it. It makes no sense. So they're going to they're going to keep focusing on on it. But I, I got to think I got to think we're in a good position on that bill. True international pressure. Yeah, I think that means Joe Biden agrees. It could mean that or anything else because it's it's gibberish, it's nonsense, it's gobbledygook. Jim Jordan joined us. He was not gobbledygook. He was uh, spot on. We were talking about the voting rights uh, bill that they tried to put through. It's not a voting rights bill. It is a voting laws bill. It is a change to election law bill. It was nothing to do, had nothing to do with the voting rights. We already have those. There's not one single American that has been brought forth by the Democrat Party uh, in front of a television camera who can tell us claim even much less prove that they wanted to cast a vote in a previous election and were denied the opportunity to to do so whether it's because of their color or anything else they can't find anyone like that because it hasn't happened it's a myth it's a fairy tale it's just it's a joke we all have the rights to have one vote per person if you're 18 or over and you're an american citizen and eligible you get one vote and that's it you don't get two and the left doesn't like that sometimes they want more than two and you don't have to prove who you say you are. Left doesn't like that either. Or actually, you should have to. They don't like that either. You don't have to be alive either, apparently, to vote. That's something they want to continue to push. And I'm not just making all this stuff up. They want to be able to vote by mail so they can send in Lord knows how many fraudulent ballots and never get caught. All of this nonsense, it's about changing voting laws, changing voting regulations. It's not about voter rights. We already have voter rights. Isn't that right, Joe? True international pressure. Navy man Norm is in Strongsville. AM 1420, the answer. Hi, Norm. Go ahead, sir. Bob, show me the crime rate of any community, and I'll show you the party that runs it. It's that simple. I agree. You know, I, I thank God every day that I live in Strongsville because we have a mayor, we have a chief of police, and we have a police department that doesn't stand still for all this nonsense and crime. If somebody commits a crime in Strongsville, especially if they're a visitor from, say, shall we say, Cleveland, the Strongsville police will engage and will chase them all the way back into Cleveland to capture them. And that is one of the reasons why we have so much crime in these Democrat-run cities. They've given up not only on catching criminals, but prosecuting criminals. I mean, it's a travesty that New York City, Los Angeles, Bristol, Chicago, Philadelphia, I could go on and on, refuse to prosecute these criminals. So they have a field day. That one day where you alluded to in that movie that you can do anything you want, kill anybody yeah. you want, rape anybody you want, that's their, daily, <laughs> that's their daily agenda. And they look the other way. 
I mean, it's yeah, just and, and what is and what does that lead to when they refuse to prosecute Norm? And I know you know the answer. It leads to <laughs> the cops not wanting More. to arrest them. What would be the point exactly. of going and putting your life on the line in a potentially physical, violent confrontation with a with a with a criminal if you put your life on the line and if you are successful and you do make the arrest right. and you put them in cuffs and you put them in the car and who? Got this bad guy off the streets to find out that a day later he's out on a, on, on a, a no cash bond and he's uh, no cash bail and and he's out on the streets again. You're wondering why should I bother? Next time you drive right yeah. by it. And case in point, the community. If you have a community that supports the police and you have a strong police force, it's going to deter crime because the criminals know that hey, these people are not playing games, you know, and there are consequences for their actions. You know, we had. At least, I think, six Cleveland police officers transfer in to the city of Strongville in the last two years. And one of the things that they mentioned at a meeting that we had was, it is so nice to see people waving five fingers at us rather than one. (laughs) Rather than one. No, you're right. And, you know, Norm, you're lucky that you do live in Strongsville for the reasons you outlined. And thanks for the call. I'm glad I don't live there either. But, I, I look, I go into Cleveland. I've got business there. I've got things to do. Um, And so even though you may be insulated to a large extent where you live in your home, if you live in a suburb that is lower crime, if you've got to go into the higher crime areas, then that, that, you know, we're not we're not making out any better. You know, if you follow what I'm saying, if you've got to go into those places, then we still have to deal with them. We can't just say, hey, I'm happy I live somewhere else. We have to we have to figure out what's going on there. And Lord only knows what's going to happen with this new police commission that they're going to be using to uh, uh, to uh, judge the actions of police officers when they make arrests. This ridiculous issue 24 that passed, the young mayor, the young anti-police mayor. Uh, Lord only knows how things are going to go in Cleveland either. Okay, thank you for that call. We'll take a quick time out and come back to more calls next. AM 1420, The Answer. Amid the liberal chaos, always right with Bob France on AM 1420. The answer. I mean, th- this is why the Nord Stream pipeline was so so important. That whole issue, and then why we want to be energy independent. I mean, th- this was you know decisions you make ahead of time have consequences, have implications, and we're seeing that play out. It's again, it goes back to what we started with. When you when you're that weak that soon, and you send the wrong message. Then you get yourself in this position. If we'd have done things the right way, the way Trump was doing them, and, and stood up to Russia early on in this administration, um, we wouldn't be in this situation. Th- that's the takeaway here. So we'll have to we'll have to see. But I, again, I think the American people are. I, I, I think they're real reluctant, as am I, to be talking about putting troops uh, in in uh, in Ukraine. Yeah, nobody wants uh, Biden walking us right into a war with Russia. But the weakness that he has displayed on the world stage by way of his pathetically 
meandering, rambling press conference last week may may leave us no choice. America's enemies, America's you know the bad guys, as as uh, Jim Jordan colloquially called them, the bad guys are just waiting. They're salivating at a chance to do bad things to advance their goal and to try to stop or drop uh, the United States, uh, which which is which has been the, the mission of many of them. They just cannot wait. They love weak American leaders, which means they love Joe Biden and they hated Donald Trump, to be quite frank. Even though Trump, Trump did everything he could do to have to massage those relationships, to work, to get trade imbalances corrected, to uh, uh, flip things into our favor and our advantage, they love working with Joe Biden because they know that he will do nothing. He's, he's like Obama before him, who was like Carter before that. Clinton, to a, to a lesser degree... But remember, Bill Clinton, excuse me, turned down multiple opportunities to get Osama bin Laden before 9-11 ever happened. Uh, had golden opportunities in the late or mid-1990s before he, uh, his, uh, his last term uh, ended. And he had opportunities to get uh, uh, Osama bin Laden and would not pull the trigger. Democrat leaders are just, generally speaking, weak and ineffectual. They are just dangerous for the American public. I hate to just lump everybody together and say Democrat leaders, but, I mean, just count them down, the li- at least the ones in my lifetime. Count them down. You can see for yourself what I'm talking about, the ones in my lifetime. Okay, Tanya's in Akron. Tanya, thanks for waiting. You're on the air. Go ahead. Tanya, are you there? <clears throat> yeah, how you doing? Oh, there she is. Okay, I almost I thought I lost you. Go ahead, Tanya. No, I, um, it's been a great conversation. Morning. Uh, I want to turn it, take it a little bit. I miss and uh, whoever he was going to debate in uh, Strongsville, I think it was. We, did, we, we, but, we just uh, Tanya, we just had a whole bunch of gobbledygook there. We heard a lot of noises. We didn't okay. hear you. What were you talking okay. about? Who's okay. debating? So what I, what I basically want to say is that, you know, right now, I just got some emails from a NACI. I got some emails from the uh, Republican Party saying what they're, you know, they, what they're going to attack if they get elected. I want more of this your time. I want legis- What kind of legislation are y'all going to be put forward? Because we got rope a dope the last time when we had everyone in there and they were supposed to have an insurance program that would have taken out Obamacare, and they didn't, and they made us look like fools. So this time when we start talking about it, it's not, we don't want just talking points. We want what you're going to do, how you're going to do it. So when you get in office, we can hold you accountable for completing things, not, check, you know, not just a lot of talking and making excuses. We want someone like Trump that when he said he was going to do something, he did it. He had a list of judges. And he put judges, and those are the judges he put forward. I want to see action prior to, because we got too many rhinos in there, and they're coming out like we're we're finding them now, which I love. It's like we have a rhino tracker on these people, and they, they're running into us. We won't never have another Romney, you know, ever again. Or Bushes. All well. Let me let me let me respond to a little bit of that, Tanya, um, and 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 tell you and thank you for the, for the phone call. I um, I I do believe 
that there will be a pretty clearly defined uh, platform an agenda that the Republicans will outline, the Republican uh, Senatorial Committee, the Republican House Committees, they will they will identify an agenda and they will try to run the candidates that are going to nominate the candidates for each of those seats in the House and in the Senate that are going to try to pursue that agenda. However, I will also say this. As much as I despise rhinos, as much as I want strong conservatives to be in those seats that are going to be up for grabs, um sometimes the victory is going to be found not in 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 the perfect but in the good if we keep democrats out of seats so that they don't have the majority that may be good enough at least in the short term at least in the short term that may be be good enough in other words i don't think you're going to find you know several dozen uh, strong, dyed-in-the-wool conservatives to run for every one of those of, uh, dozens of House seats that are going to be up for grabs. Um, hundreds, really. I mean, because uh, we're talking about, I think most people think that we're going to make that three, three to four-seat deficit that we have in the House now into about a 30 to 40-seat advantage. I, I don't think we're going to be able to find st- true, strong, dyed-in-the-wool conservatives to fill all of those. Some of the cases, we're going to have to nominate people who are just Republicans, who don't necessarily see things the same way we do, but we have to keep the majority in our hands. Even if they turn Romney-esque or, you know, God forbid, Anthony Gonzalez-esque. Um, God forbid we do have too many of those, but we do need to recognize we need the majority back. That's the most important thing. If we have our druthers and we have a choice between a rhino and a conservative in the primaries, let's get all of those those rhinos out of there and elect the conservatives. But if it comes down to a general election situation and it's a rhino or a Democrat, uh, obviously you need the majority. Uh, to your point, though, about um, I want to know what they're going to do and what their plans are. I want you to tell me exactly what you're going to do, and then I want to watch you do it, or you're going you're gonna to face the consequences. Do it the way Trump did it. I'm, I'm with you. I get it. And I think that platform will be laid out. But um, I don't think every single member that is going to be elected is going to necessarily be a part of that platform, and I think that's just unrealistic. Uh, so we have to, we have to, like I said, don't make the uh, enemy the or don't make the perfect enemy of the good. Tanya, thank you as always to Chardon. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Why does I say Chardon? That's a C word that ends in uh, anyway. It's Cleveland, and it's TJ on AM 1420. The answer, TJ, you're yeah, not from Chardon. You're not from Chardon. You're from Cleveland. I knew that. My bad. Go ahead, sir. Yeah, you know, Bob, your uh, interview with Dolan was pretty good last week, and you said you hope you weren't rude. Well, I don't think you were rude, but I'm going to be rude about the Dolan family here now. Okay. You know what bugs me with the, that, that family? First, they changed the name of this team, which the vast majority of the fans said no. They didn't care about the fans. They took the woke road. Then when they went to rename the team, they told the fans again, we don't care what you think You know, for the new name. They come up with this ridiculous Guardian name. And isn't it kind of funny how it seems so marketing close? Script Guardian is almost the same as Script Indian. Oh, yeah, it is. Yeah, so it's, this was a marketing thing. And then the third thing I have a problem with this family, us taxpayers built the stadium. It was named Jacob's Field. Uh, to the fans, the Jake was like Wrigley's Field or Fenway Park. That was our thing. What's the first thing they do? They change the name to Progressive Fields. The heck with the fans. Stuff more money in my pocket. 
Uh, that, that to me, the Dolans, to me, are a non-starter as far as politicians. If you can't even uh, care about your fans, how are you going to care about your constituents? Well, I'll, I mean, tell you what, my- I'll tell you, tell you what, TJ, I'll respond to that, and I think, thank you for the phone call. I'll agree with you for most of it. I'll disagree with you on the naming thing. I hated the switch from Jacobsfield, too, but this is, this is, this is just the economic reality of the situation. Almost every ballpark in America, particularly the new ones that have been built in the last 20 and 30 years, have corporate naming rights. They sell the corporate naming rights to the highest bidder. Same reason Brown Stadium became first energy stadium. Because uh, there's just too many millions of dollars to be made off of that. And particularly in baseball, where it's a non-salary cap sport, um, and you're in a mid to small market like Cleveland is, and you don't have the money that they have in Boston, that they have in New York, they have Los Angeles, Chicago, so forth. Um, you've got to make as much revenue as you can. And it, this was my take at the time. If they take the naming rights money from Progressive, and they take that and pour it into the club, into talent, into players that can get us into the playoffs and try to compete for a World Series, I'm okay with that. That's just the nature of the beast today. You've got to make the revenue where you can make the revenue and use it to, to better the club. Now, the, to the point that I will completely agree with TJ with, um, that's the reason I asked Matt Dolan. If you missed the interview on Friday with Matt Dolan, you can find it on our podcast page. By the way, I've had a few people tell me they can't find my podcasts on the podcast page on the app the uh, mobile app, the 1420 uh, The Answer mobile app, and some people say on the uh, whkradio.com page as well. There are some glitches, yes. I don't know what they are because I'm not techie, uh, but I do know that our people who are, are are looking into it. They'll get it fixed up for you. But when you get a chance to, to listen to the interview I did with Matt Dolan on Friday, um, you will hear me. Was it Friday or Thursday that we had him on, by the way? I'm trying to remember because we had, uh, yeah, I think it was Friday. Um, we had Matt Dolan, and, and I asked him, I said, when your family, which, you know, he's part of the ownership crew of, of the Indians, because it's his family's, uh, his brother Paul Dolan kind of runs it more, but I said, when you guys decided to sell out the name Indians to cave into the politically correct cancel culture, did you listen to the fans at all? Because according to virtually every survey I have read, it is overwhelming that Indians fans opposed a name change. They didn't like getting rid of Chief Wahoo two years before that. But they at least did not want their name Indians gone. That's just symbolic with, with Cleveland baseball. Overwhelmingly. And so I asked him, I said, Matt, if you're not going to listen to your overwhelming number of fans of your team about changing the name, then... How do we how do we know you're going to listen to the overwhelming number of constituents in Ohio that want you to vote a certain way in a, on a bill in the Senate? How do we know you're not going to listen to the small minority because you feel like political correctness rules the day? And uh, I'll be honest with you, I don't know that he necessarily had a great answer. We'll play it again at some point. And like I said, you can hear it on our podcast page. But I, I think that's important as we decide what we're going to do in the Senate race. You got a lot of very strong candidates in this Republican primary, and I think some of these questions have to be asked. And uh, that was one of the tough ones that I asked him. If you're not going to listen to your fan base when it comes to the name of the baseball team, how do we know you're going to listen to the constituency when it comes to making decisions in the United States Senate? And um, I, I don't know that I had that question satisfactorily answered, to be quite honest with you. 
Same thing with the abortion question, too. He said he's unabashedly pro-life, yet he voted against the heartbeat bill. Why? He said because he knew it would lose in court. Well, it's not your job to play judge. Your job is to play legislator. And if you support the legislation, you vote for it, not against it. He voted against it because he said he didn't think it would have any chance to pass. I mean, it made no sense to me either. So we talked about that. You'll want to check that interview out. I think it's a good one. I think it's important to you. Check it out again when it becomes available on the podcast page. Uh, let me go. It was Friday, I was just told. Okay, thank you. Uh, let me go to do, 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 Medina. Tom, you're on AM 1420, The Answer. Hello, Tom. Go ahead, sir. Hey, Bob. Hey. Hi, Tom. Tom, you still there? Registration database. Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, I couldn't for a minute there. Hear you me? were cutting out on me. Yeah, you were cutting out, but go ahead. Okay. Try it now. Have you, well, I just found the website today. It's called ericstate.org. It's the Eric Voter Registration Database, which I saw, I saw some people talking about that, but that's an organization, a system founded by, funded by George Soros to manage the database voter registration databases in 31 states so far. Have you heard of that? No, and in fact, I didn't quite understand what uh, that website was again. What? State.org? Well, it's Eric, the name Eric, the the person, ericstate.org, and it explains what it is, and supposedly Ohio is part of it. They manage our voter registration role, which is a scary thing. You, You need to read about that. Any. Uh, so what do you think about uh, Tom, that? Tom? Tom, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to help me out here, and I really apologize. Um, uh, spell spell that website. I did hear the Eric, the name E R I C. What was the second word? S T A T E S. Oh, states. So ericstates.org. Yeah. Okay. I, yeah. I thought you, I couldn't tell if you were saying state or if you were saying <laughs> saying faith. I, could, I just couldn't hear you. I couldn't understand. So <laughs> ericstates.org. Is it my speaking or my phone? No, it's the phone. Yeah, it's just, yeah, it's just a little distorted. We got a little distortion, and that happens. That's okay. But I just pulled I'm it up now. I'm on speaker. Should I take it off a speaker? I don't know. Yeah, you should never call a radio show on speaker. That, All that, right, it's off a speaker. Oh, geez. You have no idea how much better that sounds to my ears. Yeah, that's I'm so much sorry. Better. I didn't that's okay. know. Yeah, a little rule for um, everybody who calls. You never call a radio show on speaker or using your microphone on your headphones, you know, your little earbuds, because uh, it just leads to problems. But I pulled it up now. Eric stands for Electronic Registration Information Center. I do have it up now. And what was the point you wanted to make about it, Eric? Uh, 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 well, they're, they're managing the, the, data, the databases. They're putting people on, taking people off. So if it's a liberal-funded thing, it's not going to be good. Yeah, well, I, I would imagine I, so. So you're saying this manages the voter rolls? Yes, yes. Okay. And Ohio is listed as one of the 31 states that use that. Yeah, so I see you need that. To ask some, you need to ask somebody about that. Okay. Well, you know what? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I can talk to I can talk to the Secretary of State pretty much any time. We can have him on and and ask him about uh, our our you know our our participation in that and what that means with respect to the uh, you're saying the program essentially controls the the voter rolls. I know that Frank LaRose, who has not necessarily uh, always been every conservative's favorite in the state of Ohio. Uh, for a variety of reasons, but I do know that he has made a big priority 
of purging the voter rolls of dead and voters who have moved and making sure that only people who are legally eligible to vote in Ohio are on those rolls right now. So I, I think that's been a priority of his. Uh, whether this program that this Eric uh, Information Center you're talking about is is either helping or hindering that, I don't know. But it's something that I definitely will look into. So okay. is he being primaried? Is LaRose being primaried? I don't know that. I don't know that. Uh, I well, don't know if anybody's Somebody told me some guy named Adams was uh, primarying he, he, him. Yeah, you, he may be. He may be. I, I just can't I can't swear to it. It's not off the top of my head right now. But I'll tell you what, Tom, I, I appreciate the heads up on this. I got to right. jet because it's 1054. I got one final time out, and I'll come back in and get one final phone call. Coming up on AM 1420, The Answer. windows 855-76-EMPIRE or online at empirewindowcompany.com text and work text and pretend to work text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working who me text and whatever just don't text and drive visit stoptextsstoprex.org a message from nitsa and the ad council welcome back to always right with bob france all right all right all right on am 1420 the answer yeah, this is uh, part of that conversation uh, that I had with uh, Matt Dolan on Friday that we were just talking about. The point that I'm trying to make here is, is, is I, think, I think as a business owner, one would think you want to listen to your, 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 your fans, your cl- customers, your clients, if you will. And you know, the, the comparison, of course, would be if you're in the United States Senate, are you going to listen to the majority of your constituents and do what they want you to do or, or do what a minority of people want you to do because it might be more politically correct? That's my concern. Well. Well, Bob, and that's a fair question. Now, unlike anyone else in this race, you can go to my record as a public servant, in addition to my private sector record. You can go there and say, did I deliver? Did I, did I produce conservative results? Did I campaign on issues like lessening taxes? And as a result of my leadership, 48% reduction in taxes. I've been in the legislature. So uh, what I did right after that part of this interview is I went to his record, like he said, and it happened to be uh, on Friday we were talking about the March for Life, and I said, let's talk about your record and whether you produce conservative results. The overwhelming majority of conservative Republicans in the state of Ohio supported the heartbeat bill, and only three, I believe, Republican senators in the United States, or excuse me, in the Ohio Senate, voted against the heartbeat bill. One of those was Matt Dolan. Did you listen to your constituents? Did you listen to the people, the conservatives, and who were looking for a conservative result? And he didn't in that case. So, you know, we'll do what you say. We'll look at your record. Gary Zimbaria. Gary, I've only got about 35 seconds, but go ahead, take them. Hey, Bob. That, that was a brilliant, brilliant interview with Matt Dolan. Uh, I would say, come on, Bob, ask him about the heartbeat bill. And surely... The next thing you did was ask about the heartbeat bill. Hey, Bob, one other thing I want to mention is that, uh, you know, if you want to sell studies, uh, murders with these police officers where they're ambushing them, have them run around in unmarked cars. No more. You take these criminals right to court once you catch them. And the, the judge, you can't see his face. The problem, the problem the with jury. that, though, the, the problem with that, though, is then you would encourage people who are driving, who are not cops, trying to pull other people over in unmarked Enjoy cars, and it puts everybody in danger. Thanks, everyone. Let's go, Brandon.
Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.